Welcome to the Emo Social Club podcast, broadcasting to you uh, not really live, actually a couple weeks late from EmoSocialClub.tv. I am Lizzie, and uh, obviously this is another solo intro because this episode was with a Skylet Drive a few weeks ago live on our stream. It was a doubleheader with them and Scarlett O'Hara since they are doing another leg of their tour together. But of course, it's missing Chicago. When are we going to get it? But don't worry, because we do have a big festival that's coming up in September, and we are giving away some tickets to that. And as always, you can find some more info on that over on our Instagram at Emo Social Club and over on our TikTok and Twitter at X Emo Social Club X there. Plus, we'll have a couple uh, promos for you uh, during this episode as well, just to remind you to go and enter if you haven't already. Also, let us know over on our socials, too. How are you liking so far the uh, React and interview rotation chart that we have uh, kind of programmed for you guys when it comes to our weekly releases? Uh, if you like it, let us know. If you don't like it, I guess maybe let us know, but like kind of do it a little nice. Or you could do the negative route because we all know that just gets more views for everybody involved. But without further ado, we're going to send positive vibes only for this episode with a Skylet Drive. Welcome to the Emo Social Club podcast, broadcasting to you live from emosocialclub.tv. I am Brian. And I'm Lizzie, and we're here, we're back here again tonight with Jag of a Skylet Drive. Thanks so much for hanging out with us tonight. Of course, thanks for having me. Yeah, uh, I was just say this is this is our first time we've ever done like back to back interviews on the pod, really. So, uh, uh, yeah, we're it's it's good though because you're on tour with the other band Scarlett O'Hara that we just interviewed. So this this all works out. Yeah, uh, yeah, it works out perfect. And, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> this is a very like full circle moment for me because I used to be in. I used to play music and be like, I want to be in a band and I want to I want to go on the Warp tour and I want to be in a in a big big popular band and and then uh i made a podcast instead uh but like one of my big things was like i want to interview like the bands that i liked as a kid uh and i'm much better at it now because when i met you the first time at warp tour i believe the first thing i said to you was hey you guys sound a lot like you sound a lot like getty lee from rush <laughs> and i was like that was apparently the only thing i could think of to say at the time after listening to your record like a lot <laughs> so um, which is funny because i i usually only get that from like the older folk <laughs> so it, so it's always funny when somebody younger says that <laughs> yeah i mean i was uh i think that was around when punko's classic rock came out i don't my timelines might be messed up there, but I know you did the, the cover on Punko's classic rock. So I was like, for me, I was like, man, they should have done a rush cover, but they did this, uh, <laughs> this journey cover. Um, but I was like, yeah, that was, that was my first interview question for a band, apparently way back in warp tour when you were uh, hanging out by merch. And I was like, that's the guy. So <laughs> it's a, it's a very nice full circle moment to have you on the pod this time and get to ask you a lot of better and more, <laughs> appropriate and apt questions for the time <laughs> so then no getty lee talk this time <laughs> so can you play bass and keyboard while singing those notes or is that uh just <laughs> no that, that's my only other getty lee question um yeah like we were saying though you're 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 you just finished phase one of your tour 
the anniversary of wires and the concept of breathing. And uh, you've announced the second uh, uh, wave of this coming up on the East Coast. And uh, mm-hmm. so I guess we'll start off with why aren't you coming to Chicago? No, I'm kidding. Like, <laughs> uh, but yeah, tell us a little bit about how the tour has been and, and the reception to it. And, and yeah. It, it's been great. I mean, you know, it's been, you know, it's been a while since I, I've played a lot of those cities and, uh, you know, done like a full set like that. I think this is probably the longest set I've ever done. Um, so like for some of these guys, you know, who haven't really toured before, it really like thrusts them into like a pretty extreme situation. Cause it's, it's like an hour set every night and phase one had like six shows back to back, which was, which was pretty crazy. Um, so, but it, it was a lot of fun, you know, the, the response was great. Um, and it was just, it was just like so much fun to, you know, get back out there and, you know, play songs that honestly, like we never even like rehearsed past the vocal booth. Like I mean, like some of those songs on that album, like we never even went back to it. Like we just tracked mm-hmm. it and it ended up on the album, and then we didn't even think twice about playing it live. Damn. Yeah, that's that. That was very much the time when like you would put out the record, but maybe you know some of the songs you wouldn't actually play live. But you're playing the whole record now, and you're like, ah, shit. <laughs> well, yeah, like some of these, I'm like, man, what the fuck was I thinking doing all this shit like back to back? Like, that's insane. <laughs> What's been different now for you guys, too? We were talking when we were talking with um, Arnie from Scarlet O'Hara. He kind of mentioned like, oh, the different things that he a- is able to like do and not do. Is there anything that you're finding yourself like, you know, having to do like a lot more pre-show rituals or anything like that after the fact, especially with like when you have tours like back to back to back every single day? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of a yes and a no. I mean, over over the years, just uh, just getting older and hopefully wiser. I mean, I definitely do more like warm ups and warm downs. Like back in the day, I'd get off stage and immediately go like talk to people. Where now I kind of like tuck myself away and I make sure to do like warm downs so that I'm not going straight from all this like you know strenuous singing straight into talking and then talking over loud music. So, um, so I'm definitely being more mindful of like keeping my stamina up, you know, cause I of course want to be able to put on the same show every day, you know, like that's what they're there for. And I would, and I'm not one who wants to really disappoint anybody. Um, so that's something that I've definitely changed up is, you know, is, you know, putting more effort into the longevity of what I'm able to do. But as for like warm ups and stuff like that, that that's all kind of been the same as when I last did it. Um, so I'd say there's a, a little more, well, not a little more, a lot more care put into after the set. <laughs> the the best thing about um, and and obviously it's anniversaries and and Natal nostalgia tours damn that was a hard word to get out there for a second uh the the anniversaries of records and nostalgia tours like having uh having to go back to these things like 10 years later and you're like i can't do it the way i did it 10 years ago (laughs) that's just not gonna work (laughs) yeah yeah well like some of it was definitely like it it was it was fun to relearn it and some of the parts was like you know finding like a you know a new way to to make it work um, and it, it's funny. I'm, I'm pretty sure somebody asked me, it was like, I think the second to last show or the last show, like they're like, do you ever forget your lines? And it's like every, every single set at some point I'll be coming up to a line and I'm like, shit, 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 shit. And then I hit it. And then I just mm-hmm. remember it in that moment. But it happens to me probably like every single show. <laughs> <laughs> 
dude i uh it it's so much of like in your head of just like i have to remember what the fuck i'm supposed to say <laughs> oh yeah, dude like no, i've it. definitely like completely messed up before and i've started singing the second verse and the first verse before i didn't on these shows thankfully um i mean i worked really hard to make sure that i like remembered everything granted i'm still being honest and saying that at least at one point in every single show i did have that like oh fuck moment like <laughs> am i about to not remember what's what should come out of my mouth <laughs> i mean i remember i saw like a, a tweet meme and it's like oh when you're a singer in a band but you forget your lyrics and you just hold out the mic to people and you're like i hope someone's got this yeah or sometimes like somebody in the front won't know the words and I'll look at what they're mouthing, and then they make me forget it because they don't know what the words are. And I'm like, well, now I'm paying attention to what they're saying because they don't know what the hell I'm saying. <laughs> and you're like, nobody knows what's going on anymore. Actually, this is now, um, like, Mad Libs live. <laughs> you literally have to, like, stop the show and be like, no, 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 those aren't the words. The words are actually this. <laughs> yeah. One, one guy in the front. <laughs> <laughs> Soon I'll need one of those, you know, teleprompters telling me what all the words are. I'm getting there. Like, okay, with, as as a as a performer versus the audience, right? Would you rather have that on stage so that you like get it all right, and the audience like like? Do you think the audience would care? And maybe this is more of just like a theory of being in a band. But it's like, do you think the audience would really mind if you were like, yeah, I have some of the words in front of me, just so if I am gonna forget, they're there. I feel like a decade or two ago, I wouldn't care, but in today's day and age, everybody's so critical, and like everybody's the number one critic, so in today's day and age, I would avoid it as long as I can, because people will find anything to knock you down like, I mean, like they'll find any little thing um you know you could put on the best performance or like man what's up with his shoes those are fucking stupid <laughs> it's like come on man it's like i'm just trying to live and be comfortable what do you want from me yeah well i mean it, well, i mean it's not like i'm getting up there with like new balances on or anything you know i'm i'm you know s still trying no shade if you did absolutely no shade if you did <laughs> Like, I'm a big advocate for Crocs. I'm wearing them right now. I'm comfy as shit. And I would definitely, if no one said anything about me wearing them on stage, I would wear them on stage. Hey, I brought the Toms back. I wore them every day. I didn't wear them on stage because they're really slippery. Uh, actually, one of the shows, I was actually running and sliding around during sound check because of how slippery the stage was. <laughs> um, See, so yeah, I wouldn't actually wear them on stage, but, I mean, all the moments that I was off stage, I wore them. You just gotta know when to be comfy 24-7. I mean, like, I keep, like, slippers at my office, so, like, when I just don't feel like wearing my shoes anymore, I'm like, well, now I'm comfy. Who's gonna say anything? <laughs> no one. Yeah, I've got about, like, three or four different pairs of shoes, like, by my desk. It all just depends on my mood and what I'm, what I'm about to do. <laughs> uh, do you... Do you ascribe to the idea of, like, uh... Because, uh, I mean... We were talking a bit about metalcore before with with Scarlett O'Hara and like the the scene back in the day, and it was very like there were a lot of aesthetics that went into metalcore at that time. I mean, as somebody with a very identifiable haircut, I'm sure that you could understand like how everybody had their hair very uh, uh, straightened and their their makeup done and and the the outfits and all that. So like, I guess we would say like, yeah, you kind of got to have those the shoes and the 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 outfits ready to go because otherwise you're not really in 
the metalcore thing, but do you ascribe to that like rock star mentality still, or is it like, no, nah, that was that was a time to be alive, but it's not the time anymore? I, I don't know. I feel like I'm always mindful to a certain degree. I mean, I feel like I'm probably the same amount of mindful as I was back then. You know, I definitely have stuff that I would rather wear on stage versus walk around in. Um, like, I've literally had the exact same pair of boots ever since 2007. I've had to put new soles on them, like, six times. And, like, I can put my finger all the way through the inside to the out on certain sides of them. <laughs> um, but they're, like, my favorite boots. I haven't found anything better. And, like, those are what I always wear on stage. Um, and, like, they've probably been in, like, every single music video we've ever done would be my, would be my guess. Um, so it's, it's kind of like a yes or a no. I mean, I wouldn't go so far as saying it's like a full-on costume because a lot of it is just kind of my normal stuff. I just look at it as, I guess, kind of the best of my normal stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so when it comes to kind of like the best of your normal stuff, you are obviously doing this 15-year anniversary tour, but are we anticipating any new music that's kind of coming out of the Skyler Dry camp anytime soon? So next year is when we're going to, you know, really jump back into new music. Like, we're writing stuff now, so we're taking the year to celebrate the album, you know, do as many shows as, you know, as our time allows. Because, of course, you know, I've got a full-time job, so do some of those other guys, and, you know, married, I've got kids and everything, so, like... You know, the days of leaving for two months in a 15-passenger van are kind of a thing of the past, at least for me. Um, which it was one of the few good things to come out of COVID is that COVID kind of forced bands to do these, like, legs. You know, like a week here, a week there, two weeks, do a weekend, and it and it makes sense now. Um, so it's nice that, you know, touring is kind of conformed to uh, the different, you know, artists' personal needs. Um, and that's what gave me the idea to do these phases so that we could focus on different regions. You know, phase one was the, the south and southwest. Um, and then phase two is focused on the east coast. And, you know, you mentioned Chicago. You know, we can't leave sh Chicago out. So there's definitely going to be one that's, you know, focused in that region and so on. You know, like my goal is to really hit all of those ma major areas that, you know, that, that we, we've made memories in and, you know, played gr great shows at. Um, you know, of course, we can't do everywhere, but we're doing our best to hit all of the major spots. Good. I like hearing <laughs> that because... We, we we sometimes feel left out and I'm like, we're we're a major city. What the hell? Why is no one come? What what do we have to do to get you to come to our city? Cause we'll do it. <laughs> we'll we'll be at the gig and we'll 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 put you in a venue. We'll make it happen, you know? Because uh for me, like like I was saying, like Wires was a, a record I listened to a lot at that time. Like was super into it. Uh if you start off a record with a song named after a Final Fantasy VII thing, like I'm in, like any any video game reference, I'm probably going to be super into it. So uh, I was like, yeah, this ha this has to come here, please. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I can I can promise you that, you know, Chicago was one that I that I was very adamant that I wanted to fit it in. It's just a, it was just a matter of which phase was going to work at different points of the year. That makes sense. I also yeah. really appreciate uh, as as, you know people are getting older and it's like, yeah, we just kind of want to do it in, in waves and phases instead of like doing a massive worldwide tour, like straight through. It's like, yeah, that, that 
I don't know. Maybe I, I think for most people that makes more sense to do it in like small bits and pieces rather than like I'm out for three months, four months from my regular life. Yeah. Well, I mean, even just like the cost difference is just it's just, you know, so much different. Um, I mean, it seems like, you know, there's probably even like more money to be made in like the short stints versus like being gone for that long. And then all of a sudden you start, you know, digging into your own personal funds while you're gone. And then you start realizing, man, I'm spending more money out here than I would if I was just at home on my couch. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) Yeah. Hey there, do you want to go to Riot Fest for one day? Just go over to our Instagram at Emo Social Club and check out our pinned post on our page. You'll uh, be. All right, I'm going to try that one more time. Let's try this again. We're giving away a pair of single day passes to Riot Fest and. Go over to our Instagram at Emo Social Club and our pinned post. Just comment there which day you're most excited for and the artist you want to see on that day. And you'll be entered into a, a little raffle there to win a pair of one day passes. Also, on June 29th, the same day that this contest ends, we're going to also be giving away a pair of three day passes over on our Twitch channel, EmoSocialClub.tv. So make sure that you don't miss out on that. Can't wait. Hopefully we see you there. And maybe Brian will finally have his shit together. So also you've done, aside from the your cover with, of Journey, which Brian included in our notes, and I was like, oh, okay, there's Journey in there. We're getting dad rocky here. You also did um, <laughs> a cover of Love the Way You Lie, too, which was more my my high school time experience <laughs> um, with a lot of my friends. This is age difference between us, where I'm like, hey, you sound like Getty Lee, and I really like that Journey cover. And she's like, love the way you lie. That's a great cover. Thanks for doing that. You know what? <laughs> Very they, strong age difference You know what? Here. They played it at high school dances. It was insane why they would play. it's funny because like you know we were super grateful to be able to do those but neither of those songs were first choices which Mm. is which is kind of funny (laughs) what were these first choices that you did have obviously obviously it was literally any rush song apparently (laughs) um so honestly uh, so when we went into the classic rock one since that one was first um i really wanted to do your love but icy stars picked it all right. Yeah. I so th- that, so that would have sure. been my pick, but they chose first because the way it worked was like Fearless Records, of course, put it on, and everybody who they invited to do it, they'd send this list, and they're like, these are the approved songs to pick from, and by the time we saw the list, like, it was like, oh, well, they had already picked that one, and then at at the time, Attack Attack was actually supposed to do Don't Stop Believing, and this is when they're like in between Screamers. Um, mm-hmm. And we were like, well, like, we can't do another Journey song. So um, the bulk of the band actually picked, uh, I think it's called Eleanor Rigby by The Who, the Teenage Wasteland song. Mm-hmm. Yep. And we're sitting there listening to it, and I'm like, and I'm like, there's almost no singing in this song. Like, I was like, we're not animals as leaders. Like, you know, like we're like a band <laughs> band that has, like, vocals and everything and i was like it's a cool song um but i was just really confused and then even like the label came back and they're like no don't pick that song (laughs) um and uh and then we found out that attack attack wasn't going to be doing don't stop believing and i was like well that'd be really hokey if we did like the most predictable song Mm -hmm. to do on the whole thing so so i think it was actually i think it was actually kyle's idea to do separate ways um 
and it, and and it wasn't on the list. But we asked them, and they were like, "Yeah, sure, whatever." Uh, <laughs> and then on Punk Goes Pop, I really wanted to do. Um, it was a it was a song by Train. I can't remember. Was it the Purple Scion one? No. <laughs> it's a song that's like, she got hit by a purple scion. No, no, no. It, it was one of their softer songs. It starts with like a ukulele, I think. Hey, Soul Sister? I don't know there you I'm go. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. Someone in the chat just said what I Drops wanted you to Jupiter. say, which was Drops of Jupiter, which is one of the greatest songs ever written. But <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Like, so then uh, we were we were leaning towards that train song. And then uh, and then, like, you know, we, we kind of saw the opportunity to to take a challenge and saw love the way you lie on the list. And it was like, I don't know how the hell we're going to do this, <laughs> but let's just go for it. And like we went in, into the studio with zero idea how mm-hmm. we were going to do this song and make it singing and screaming and and us um but like sitting down with the with the um uh, producer that we ended up working with on it like he had a lot of really good ideas that opened our minds into like how we can bring melodies into verses that really didn't have very many melodies it was all rapping Mm -hmm. so but it was a lot of fun doing both of those it's it's funny that you mentioned the Icy Stars cover because I was actually in the studio with the producer who was doing that song with Icy Stars while they were like, and he's like played it for me and I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So that's just really like interesting that you were like, yeah, that's the one I would have done. <laughs> yeah, that is 100%. I saw that they picked it and I was like, shit. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, well, I guess we'll pick, a, you know, like some other one. And then I looked down and I saw that Don't Stop Believing was taken. I was like, now we can't do Journey. <laughs> <laughs> It's it's very interesting. You're like, man, we're losing all the classic rock songs. You're like, you got the play. top two bands. What else are we gonna do here? <laughs> well, I kept trying to like weasel in like Motley Crue or like Guns N' Roses, mm-hmm. but they were like, ah, that's not classic rock. And I was like, sure it is. And I was like, it's just. It it's literally is by yeah. definition. <laughs> yeah, like I was like, I mean, it's just the dirtier classic rock, but it's still yeah. classic. But no, like they're like, nah, that's not like what we're going for. In like 2009, 2010, though, I'm like, were we? Yeah, that was that was definitely classic rock by yeah. that time. That's I, then I'm like, OK, well, that was like, you know, 20 years, maybe ish from then. So now we're at like 15 years on on wires. So that means you have five more years until uh, Skylight Drive is a class is a classic rock band. <laughs> yeah. Or or dad rock. As as was claimed before, which I, I always thought Dad Rock was more of like Nickelback type stuff. I think now now we've entered to where Nickelback and other things like that are Dad Dad Rock. Yeah. I said that to my my boss the other day, and I was like, "Oh yeah, there's he's talking about." Um, I think we were actually talking about Journey or something. I was like, yeah, the, I never got into the Dad Rock like that, and I was talking about Third Eye Blind, and he's like, "Well, that's Dad Rock now," and I'm like. Yeah, but not for me. I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) That I do not accept. That I do not accept Third Eye Blind as dad rock. (laughs) I always like the term butt rock. So butt rock is so good. It's it's phenomenal. Bring butt rock back. Well, butt rock is coming back. So yeah. So when is the next Skylight Drive butt rock cover song (laughs) coming out? I don't know. I guess I guess this is a whole new conversation. I got to take back to the team. Punk goes butt rock. We're putting it together. Uh, you have first choice of any song. Yeah. <laughs> oh, as man. I kept pushing so hard. I, uh, 
because we were on Fearless at, at the time. Mm. So I was like pitching them all kinds of ideas. I was like, we can do Punk Goes Disney. We can do Punk Goes Country. And they were all like, that's too much like Punk Goes Pop. And I was like, no, it's not. It's Punk Goes Country, <laughs> not Punk Goes Pop. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. And like, so uh, look look at how everybody else just like took that on and started doing it after because it was like really popular. Everybody liked it. Yeah, but I was like, hell, I'd I'd totally pick a Rascal Flat song any day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, I forget where where is the band from? Where where did you start the band from? Or, so or, yeah. everybody's really scattered. Uh, so I'm in Texas. Okay. Uh, one guitarist is in SoCal. Uh, another's in Philly, and then the drummer kind of splits his time between New York and Oregon. Okay. So yeah, everybody's like, you know, close your eyes throw, and then throw a dart. You'll, <laughs> you'll you'll land somewhere close to one of us. So it's very uh, uh, easy to get everybody together to practice because you got to fly in, and that's what you're here for. Oh, super easy, super easy. <laughs> it's, it's not expensive at all. You would never uh, think. It, I mean, like, you're in a band. It pays so much money, too, you know? Like. The good thing is that is that it's a really, really talented group. I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about them. Is that, like, we, you know, like, we, like, rehearsed, uh, like, two days back to back. Like, everybody flies out here and, like, stays at my house and everything. And we all grill out and have fun. Um, but we literally j- just practiced two days back to back. And it's like, okay, that's all that we need for the whole year. Because now that we have this thing in sync, you know, like, we'll be fine. Yeah, that, that that sounds like a great way to work as a band. Yeah, <laughs> I think uh, the bassist of my cover band is still in the chat, so I'm I'm, I'm like pushing at him right now. <laughs> like, hey, that sounds like a really good way to do it. You do it. <laughs> Friends about to got, He's about to get out of this chat and gonna have like a confrontation with the band. <laughs> I literally am just talking shit to him because it's funny to me, and I hope he doesn't take it. Yeah. He's he's there, so you chill. He he was also very excited for this interview, so I'm really ruining it for him right now. <laughs> so, yeah, and and our bassist said he plays bass, so he doesn't matter. It's like yeah. <laughs> hey, I mean, a, it, a good bassist goes a long way. It's true. I always say like, uh, especially in like a more like metalcore band or a more like, you know, a band that w- you want people to like mosh and get up and move to. Like the bassist is that person who you should look at. Because they're the one who should like get the audience like hyped as shit, uh, and I said it to him like, "Hey, you can do that because you're not really playing much. You're like, you know, <laughs> you, just, you play whatever, and then you just like throw your hands up and you're like, yeah, everybody get the fuck up, and then everyone's jumping, and that's your job." <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, as well as a 2010s metalcore band, uh. Are we are we fully I mean, I don't know if I can call it rise core or or just like that that era of time. The rise Sturgis era. core came up <laughs> uh, where it's just like, yeah, it's like a lot of these bands from that time. And I, I I know there's been like a massive emo resurgence, a massive pop punk resurgence. So I'm very much hoping that that some of these 2010s bands, metalcore bands are like going to bring back a similar thing. Uh, is that is that fingers crossed part of your goal with this tour <laughs> i mean honestly i mean like really m- my goal with this tour was just i mean 
you know, I, I guess I could have thought about it as for like a springboard into something else, which, you know, like we already had our plans to, you know, continue new music and everything. But I just really wanted to do something that the band, you know, never did before. We've never done an album front to back. And I felt like the one album that was really fitting for that would be Wires. I mean, I feel like it's what really gave us our footing and 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 kind of put us in you know, like whatever spot we were going to, you know, live in in this scene. And, uh, and it's kind of the album that everyone always goes back to. Like, it's like, well, you put out this album, how does it compare to that one? You put out this one, how does it compare to that one? <laughs> and, uh, and so it, it, it really seemed like, you know, like the perfect one to do that for. Cause I, I had some fans ask if we were going to do it for, for like Adelphia. And I was like, you know, we'll probably throw in like a couple songs. And I was like, but you know, wires was something else for this band. You know, like wires was, you know, kind of. You know, like the like the you know cannon firing of the whole thing now that you had this like kind of place to kind of jump off from when you're going out to these shows like what's the general like reception because again we have these the, this resurgence coming back out has what has like been like the general like reception from it um because again like I have friends who listen to you in high school all the time because I was in like that weird little scene and I have told them, I was like, oh yeah, I'm interviewing like a Skylar Drive and they were like, what? No way. I'm like, yeah, here we are. They're back. <laughs> were you unaware? <laughs> so how's the general reception been, especially for like fans who maybe haven't listened to you guys in like, you know, 10 or 15 years? I mean, it's honestly, uh, you know, kind of like blew away all of my expectations i really didn't know what to think going into it i was just so excited about doing it and and like and like the challenge behind it um so i, I didn't really know what to expect going into it but I, I genuinely will say that every single show completely like you know, like blew my mind like i was like that's so great that you know this album from 15 years ago is you know like so special to this many people that they're coming out you know being 15 years older and if they and if they hurt any like i hurt after moving like that <laughs> then you know bless their hearts because i probably wouldn't do it <laughs> um so, so i mean it's been really cool to you know get to relive certain things because of course some of these songs were you know staples in our set like i don't think that we ever played a show without wires or without all it takes i don't think ever like ever since the album came out and even before it came out um so you know it's even fun to be able to kind of relive you know playing those songs again you know as those ones were you know, always kind of like crowd favorites, but then some songs like uh, like My Disease was always like a personal favorite of mine that we rarely played live. I think we played it on like one tour, um, but you know, honing it in now and like you know having more of the all of the like programming locked in so that it can sound more like the record, um, and that's just kind of the changing of times. You know, it's, it's so much more convenient now. To like make a complete set uh, versus like back then everything was so raw and like if you were playing to like clicks or anything the drummer probably had like an iPod or something that he was plugged into mm -hmm. and he's back there you know twisting the dial and everything and <laughs> whereas like nowadays it really seems like you know bands in this you know scene have really like wised up and uh, and even just like the resources that we have are just like completely beyond like what it used to be so uh, you know you know, like that also helped kind of you know 
bring this to life is like more of the technology like that's available to us nowadays uh on on the technology point have you seen like kids who may have found the band through like tiktok or spotify and like these are are kids who probably never got to see it when the album came out 15 years ago who are like yeah i love this like they're like i didn't listen to it at the time because i was like four or five and now they're like yeah i'm I'm really glad that you guys are playing this record because now I finally get to to hear you guys play these songs. Yeah. Well, while that's not a very good excuse, because I've seen four-year-olds with phones. Um, True. <laughs> <laughs> um, Why isn't this four-year-old hardcore by now? Like, what the uh, yeah. hell? Come on. Get the four-year-old in the pit, bro. Get your priorities <laughs> straight, kid. <laughs> um, but no, so, like, every night I made it a point because, you know, I, I really wanted to see, like, who had seen the band before and who were newcomers. And honestly, it was almost always, like, a 50-50, mm. you know, of, like, people who had never gone to our shows before and were finally now, you know, able to versus, you know, people who had seen us in the past. Um, so that was fun, you know, to be able to kind of see, you know how things translated because i mean i even remember some of the last tours that we did you know back in like the final years of when we were really active and then we played some of the same areas and these shows were just like you know above and beyond and i'm like like wow like i mean like it's crazy you know like how much how much more special it seems and like and how much more like you know excitement there is you know playing the, this album you know at, at like this stage of my life I just, yeah, I, I think that's it, it's interesting to me how records like this just kind of make sense to like a new generation, too. And like there are kids who like will hear it and be like, oh, my God, I really like, you know, this band. And here's some other bands I might also like. And if a Skyla Drive like comes up in there, it's like, holy shit, this band rules. And like now all these bands can like come back and have them like filled with all of these kids who who are just finding new music. And I don't know, it's it as as an older person myself. I'm not old, but Lizzie's going to say that I'm fucking ancient, but it's you like, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I just am in pain physically from being of an age, uh, and spending a life doing the things. Uh, so now I'm like, yeah, it's interesting that like kids are also feeling that sort of same, uh, experience that I had when the record came out and it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, in 2023 year of our lord i'm having the exact same feelings and experience with this album yeah and that's awesome that's awesome yeah it's funny uh so my my birthday was actually the first show of phase one and like the guys like snuck off and got me a cake and they thought it was funny to put the numbers in reverse so instead of me being 38 i was 83 Mm -hmm. (laughs) so it was like it's kind of like a recurring joke throughout the tour um because of course you know like halfway through like you know like my knees are just burning mm-hmm. <laughs> you're like it's... wow it's time for the knee replacement let's go <laughs> i know i know who's gonna pay for that <laughs> you gotta be out there is like uh i know dave Grohl has done it where he's played in the chair and then but he borrowed that chair from some yeah, axel did it that's right yeah so you can be uh you know the skyler drive is on tour I'm coming out in a chair because, goddamn, this is hard. <laughs> I'll have that, and then I'll have my feet propped up on my teleprompter. Yeah. There you go. It all comes together. <laughs> and you're going to be in your 
and you're going to be wearing your comfiest shoes. You're going to be in the Toms. Mm. Everyone's going to be like, what's going on here? And you're going to be like, I want to see you fucking kill someone in this pit yeah. right now. And you're sitting here like, I'm having a great time. <laughs> All of a sudden, like the lazy boy I'm sitting in, and I just start driving it around the stage. Yeah. It's, it's got a little motor and wheels on it. That's actually Healy's latest invention for... Oh, my uh, God. For, <laughs> for their... Um, aging market is just like yeah you know have you heard of Heelys but have you heard of the lazy cherries that is not it I don't know <laughs> chair leaves or something I, don't know. I was gonna say that if they're called lazies that that would be pretty genius yeah yeah that'd be good damn Heelys lazy think... boy get at us for a sponsorship <laughs> <laughs> I think it's like you know how how are all these like uh uh the axles of the world, the the Mick Jaggers of the world, like still doing it and still moving around. And then it's like all the kids that were in like the metalcore bands at like 16, 17. It's like, God damn, man, I can't do this. And it's like, well, generationally, what happened there? Also, like maybe it's better that people are like, yeah, I'm not going to just be on stage every single night of the year, like performing like this in my 80s, my 90s. Hey fellow emos, it's Pride Month and as allies, we want to highlight a great org that's working to source free queer literature. The Queer Liberation Library, or QLL, pronounced as Quill, is an upcoming queer digital library by and for the LGBTQ community. With book bans and censorship targeting the queer community nationwide, Quill is fighting back by making these books accessible to anyone, anytime, across the U.S. So how does it work? All you need is Wi-Fi and to sign up for a digital library card on their site, QueerLiberationLibrary.org. To help with collecting titles, running the program, and more, they are fundraising now through July 7th. They plan to go live with the library in October 2023. You can find them on their website, QueerLiberationLibrary.org, or at QueerLibLib on most social media. Quill is a 501c3 nonprofit through NOPI, their fiscal sponsor. So all donations are tax deductible. So with um with some of these like newer folks coming to see your band, and obviously there's new music that has been out there, is there any like artists that you've been listening to that like you really enjoy that are kind of like up and coming or like coming back into the throw of things? So so my wife, she always gets on to me for this. I'm kind of like a music snob where I don't really listen to very much music. Usually if I'm <laughs> listening to stuff, I'm working on it. Like it's a song that, that we're writing. Um, and I don't know if it just, you know, you know, comes from always doing like back-to-back -back albums and always having to like create. But more of my passion with music is like in creating it versus versus listening, um, which I guess is, is probably not the the healthiest of things to not really you know take the time to enjoy it as much but i have i take more enjoyment in in you know creating the music and like re-listening back and trying to improve upon ideas and everything so so i'm like the worst when it comes to like you know like what new band are you listening to i'm like nah nobody <laughs> <laughs> you're like my band thank yeah. you <laughs> uh i mean it's probably we were talking a little bit with with Scarlet O'Hare too about like how that that early scene was very like there were a lot of bands that all just kind of sounded the same uh, and it felt like they were all kind of influenced by each other but it all just sort of gravitated towards the middle. One thing I always really liked about a Skylar Drive is that it didn't sound like everybody else and there was a very like 
different feel and, and vibe to the music that wasn't really like in that same lane as everybody doing the same stuff. Uh, so, I mean, if you're in, only influenced by what's already going on in your head, then you don't have any of that outside influence writing the same stuff as everybody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, I mean, like, honestly, I'm probably more, like, inspired by, like, by, like, movies and just, you know, daily interactions. I mean, like, I'm not one of those people that goes into a song and somebody's like, hey, like, can we write this song about this? I'm like, nah, it doesn't really work that way. I mean, it's just... I just write about what the song makes me feel, and then I just and I just run with it. I don't try to, you know, force something. Like some people are like, well, this one should be about like your friends, and then this one should be about this. It's like, yeah, it doesn't really make me think of that. You know, it makes me think of this. Mm-hmm. And so this is where the most, you know, you know, genuine, you know, genuine content is going to come from is if I just kind of run with what it makes me feel. I guess like in in the time I was listening to your records, I would always think like they're. Like it sounds proggy, but it doesn't have that sort of like prog like story sound to it or, or uh, yeah, like story feel to it. Was were you writing more of like a story style like thing with wires and other records or was it very like ah, these are songs that I just want to feel like this on or, or something like that? So I think the only one that I really tried to like stick to storylines was probably Adelphia because mm-hmm. we wanted that to be like a concept album. Um, so that one, like everything kind of, you know, you know, tied to the city of Delphia, which was this kind of, you know, make-believe place. Um, so that whole album was really targeted towards everything always kind of going back to the, to the root of everything. Whereas like really everything else I've done, I just kind of followed that same mold of, you know, I don't know what I'm going to write about until I sit there and I really start to think about it. And sometimes, you know, like the melody comes first and you've got silly words that aren't cool at all <laughs> you know and like I, I mean i have countless voice memos in my phone where mm-hmm. i've like you know like tucked away into a closet or something because i think of something and then i just you know go and i just sing it falsetto and then i you know name it whatever like the working title of the of the <laughs> song is so that i can go back to it later because sometimes if i don't do that then i won't you know remember what i thought of earlier that day um but yeah i would say that you know, pretty consistently, the bulk of the albums were done more of that just organic, you know, like, what does it make me feel? Now, when you're writing and working on, like, any new music that's coming out, what are certain, like, emotions that kind of come out nowadays? Because, obviously, it's very different than when you were a teen or, like, a young adult, like, kind of writing this type of music. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, of course, you know, with life comes lots of experiences, good and bad, you know, you've got ups and downs, you've got losses, you have things to celebrate. Um, so, you know, one song might kind of, you know, you know, pin me in more of an emotional roller coaster while another might, you know, you know, lift me up a little bit more. Um, so, I, I mean, things are definitely different just solely for the fact of, uh, you know, life experience, you know, having kind of like more tools in my toolbox. I imagine that writing music at 17, 18 or something like that is like, yeah, I've got very different experiences now. And maybe like, like my, my writing at 17 and 18 was very overdramatic. And like, (laughs) I look back at that and I'm like, yeah, no, don't not, that's not life. But it was just, you're, you're so like, stuck in that world at the time and you're like yeah but some some of that writing gets real like good because you're like really just feeling 
so much raw emotion and shit. And it's like, maybe as an adult, I'm like, ah, oh, I just can't get to that, that feeling anymore. <laughs> no, I, I definitely feel like it, it comes differently. I feel like back then it was just like, so, uh, like, what's the word I'm thinking of? Like, it, it wasn't like, it wasn't like you could control it. It just kind of like came out, just kind of like word vomit and like things seemed out of, out of place and like, and like disproportion where now I feel like I've done it so many times that I'm able to kind of target it a little bit better where, you know, versus it just being kind of like unhinged and, you know, that didn't really make sense there. I'm, I'm a little bit better at kind of like at least placing things out that make sense for me. Um, but, um, but no, I've definitely like listened back to things I did in high school and it just makes me, you know, thank God that I did not grow up in this day and age <laughs> where everything that I was doing when I was 16 is on the internet forever. <laughs> I mean, it, it, you're, you're going to lose your best lyrics to tweets because you're like, oh, I got this really good line. I'm going to tweet it. And you're like, ah, oh, fuck, I should have saved that and put it in a song instead so that other people are tweeting it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was more so saying because not everything was all that great and it was probably mm. pretty embarrassing. <laughs> uh, yeah, also true. Uh, don't don't go back and look at your old posts on the internet at all because you're like ah I was just learning how to type out on Facebook and you're like nope don't like that you're like nope don't. actually actually forget how to type just don't <laughs> <laughs> forget how to type that would actually help a lot of our issues and I'm kidding um <laughs> it is I I will say this though it is like part of growing up you just kind of have to have some bad teenage poetry and it happens to us all and you can cringe at it and and then you just go all right i i did it and i'm okay now <laughs> yeah it's fine to be cringe it's okay to be cringe normalize being cringe <laughs> there's certain cringe there's not a, there's there's a hard line between normal cringe and like oh god that's cringe <laughs> look very true teenage poetry is fine uh, Wait, a future said, thanks for the reminder to purge my Facebook. Everyone purge your Facebook tonight. If this podcast does one thing for you, purge your Facebook of all your teenage poetry. <laughs> you don't need a comment back on you. You're going to get like attacked on Twitter for it. And they're going to be like, I'm going to take you down. You said this 10 years ago. Cool. I was so dumb 10 years ago. <laughs> I know we talked a little bit about TikTok before and obviously like the music discovery on there and how uh you know obviously people are are getting into everything and can find all types of different content and a lot of people obviously are are promoting a lot of bands that they liked when they were growing up and it's a very good way for new kids to find new music like that um as we grew up in the myspace age and promoted our music on myspace uh do you feel like it's better <laughs> or how do you feel about like the changes of like how social media has evolved for like putting music out there into the world so there's kind of there's kind of good and bad to it i mean it, it's good that it seems like it, it's it's a whole lot easier to just get your music out in front of people and you don't have to go through as many hoops you know it's not as dire to be signed to a label um but then again you know the you know the money in music is different now too i mean i remember you know like back when we first started you know like like we would work with certain producers who like work with, you know, like Hoobastank and Smash Mouth and all this stuff. Like, and they were telling us about like some of the music video budgets back in the day were like 
you know, four times more than what our like recording budget was. Mm -hmm. And like, and that means that our music video budgets were like laughable. So <laughs> we're like, you know, like back in the day, like, you know, like the money that could be made on music was so much different. Um, so, I mean, there's good and bad, you know, the good is that I feel like everybody has more of an equal opportunity to, uh, you know, be heard. But on the, on the flip side, it's also kind of created this, uh, this um, you know, quick return of how quickly people get over something and they're on to the next thing, which is really that whole kind of TikTok generation of like, watch for five seconds, scroll, 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 scroll. And like, you don't even, you know, remember what you saw five minutes ago. And, and, it, and it, it's kind of, you know, brought an end to the, you know, go lock yourself away and, and, you know, write a whole album and like put all of, all of yourself into this full length album just because it doesn't seem like full albums are like appreciated the same as they used to be because of what technology has kind of, you know, crafted in people's heads as to how they want to, you know, take in their, their entertainment. So, mm -hmm. you know, like it's more of the day and age of, you know, putting out singles, doing features and... And like I said, you know, like short tours, you know, bursts of things. So there's there's good and bad to take from it. Um, so I can't say that it's you know you know either or means more, um, but it, it's it's definitely been something to adapt to. Yeah, it's a new way of like everybody's touring and doing it. And I mean, we're we're even seeing people start to like make it break by big by having like one like one minute or 15 second even snippet of a song and then they're getting signed to these like major labels or like smaller mid-sized labels and it's just so wild to see like the differences between like then and now for sure because there's also no warp tour samplers that you're just like being handed out to yeah 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 i mean you know, TikTok, Instagram, I mean, I'd even, I mean, I would definitely say those over Facebook as being platforms where it seems like artists are, you know, being given their opportunity. I'm just really curious to see kind of the longevity of things because, mm -hmm. you know, like we've seen apps like this, you know, come and go. So I, I'm kind of curious, you know, how cemented TikTok is into, you know, what's going to, you know, stand the test. Yeah, and that's that's one of my thoughts about like nostalgia culture too, and like all these big like reunion festivals and like bringing a bunch of bands on together. And I'm like, yeah, you, you're you're only really pushing a lot of like bands that have been around for a while, like bands that are doing their 15 year, 10 year, 20 year reunions. And it's like there are new artists that also need a little bit of a break. And you're not really finding space in in that in that with, for those artists. And if they're mostly being discovered from TikTok and and Instagram, and it's like, yeah, we're trying to get on a tour, but we can't even like play any shows because only they only want to book these bands that have been around for for ten years, or, or you know, we got to put Aerosmith on the bill again, <laughs> or or the band I usually throw in that is Foo Fighters, and uh, no shade to Foo Fighters, but I'm like. Yeah, Foo Fighters seems to be playing a, a festival every single year. Like, there's got to be a space for somebody else, too, you know? Yeah. I mean, it is it is crazy to think that, you know, even ever since I've been in high school, you know, the bands that were the biggest bands then are still the biggest bands now. Mm -hmm. Like Foo Fighters, 
Slipknot, Avenged Sevenfold, like all these bands who would headline the festivals back then are still the bands headlining the festivals. And, uh, yeah, I'm not sure if it's just, uh, I mean, it's got to be some sort of a generational thing because I don't think it has anything to do about the material that's being put out. I think that just the listeners have changed. Mm. Um, You know, like I definitely feel different about the bands that I was into then than I would feel about bands now. And I think it's just, you know, something about uh, just, you know, the whole music community shifting in this in this other direction. It's like definitely like this, like kind of different insight for it, too. And I think it's also a variety of other factors. Like there's also these people who are just not getting on record labels. Like that was a big thing, obviously, during COVID. We saw a lot of people put out independent um, music and then even now it's only been recently that some larger artists that were not on a label they stepped away or whatever it may have been are now going back to bigger labels because they're kind of either breaking it through this TikTok surge or just through other means um, and just writing out the, um, the notoriety to the public as well but kind of thinking of that would you guys ever consider going back to another label or would you want to kind of go that independent route I mean, like, with the couple singles that we've put out, like, we just did them on our own. You know, I just kind of used connections that I I still had, you know. Uh, like, we've worked with lots of different, you know, producers, and some of them, you know, I really enjoyed working with, and we, you know, made, you know, great bonds and, you know, remained friends over over the years. Um, so, so, like, Cameron Mizell, he's the one who, um, uh, you know, mixed and and um, uh, produced our album Rise, and uh, and we used um, uh, Cameron again for the last single that we put out, Sucker, um, and that was really fun, you know, being able to work with him again. But but even that, you know, it's just you know the changing of times. It's not like we physically went into a studio. I mean, like nowadays, like I tracked all my vocals from home, and my guitarist did all of his stuff from his house, and like even just writing, you know, like the song, you just email it back and forth. And you, you fine-tune things that way, and I didn't set foot in, like, a real studio or anything fancy, didn't have, you know. I mean, it's just, it's crazy how, how, how different things are now. But that's one of the parts that I do like, is the convenience of, you know, not having to, like, pull away from, like, life with my family to go track something. It's more like, hey, guys, I'm going into the closet to track some vocals. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll be back in, like, an hour. If you need something, text me. Um... <laughs> You if know. you hear some screaming, don't don't ask questions. Yeah. That's fine. Don't. It's all good. Yeah, nobody's hurt. At least bad. <laughs> <laughs> they hear what you're singing. They're like, oh damn. Like, <laughs> they're like maybe he is going through it, but I don't want to know what closet. that through it is. <laughs> it's like he didn't say to check on him, but I'm gonna check on him. <laughs> I'm gonna knock and just be a hundred percent sure. I'll let him finish the line, but you know, we'll we'll, we'll double check. I think I heard a thud, and he hasn't made any noise in a while. <laughs> like it may be uh, concerning, game over potentially, but let's let's go check. We'll just bring some like cookies. We'll be like, hey, you good? You want a snack? <laughs> it's gonna make you feel better. I saw uh, a tweet that that kind of referenced that, where somebody was like talking to the landlord. Land was like, hey, we heard a lot of uh, uh, screaming upstairs. Everything okay? They're like, yeah, sorry, I was laying vocals for my my metalcore record. I'm like, oh, okay, and then follows up. Make sure to add some low guttural, guttural sounds in there too, and there's like, <laughs> fuck yeah. <laughs> it's 
like that's that's the way of it now. You're gonna hear somebody recording their metalcore vocals from the other room in your apartment building. It's like, hope the hope the record's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that's, how, that's how you get a free record, though. So let's go to your neighbor. Hey, yeah. I put up with this. <laughs> Let me see. Yeah. Let me don't worry. Review it just for you. Don't worry. I'll be dropping off the samplers at everybody's door in the building. <laughs> <laughs> The landlord gets a free uh, free copy of the record. <laughs> um, well, we're 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 almost at an hour, and uh, we'll 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 chill for a little bit here. But before we uh, we do that, uh, any last questions or anything else? I do want to make sure that we plug the tour where people can pick up tickets for it for the second leg, and also where they can uh, find out more about uh, uh, when that third wave might be announced. Fingers crossed for the Midwest on that. <laughs> Uh, so if you want to drop all the all the links and stuff where they can go, yeah, yeah. So um, all of the all of the tickets, uh, whether it's general admission or VIP, uh, can be uh, purchased from our website. It's just uh, skylightdriveofficial.com. Um, all the merch is on there. Uh, the bulk of the merch on there is the, is the same merch that we have at the shows, um, uh, but some of it is limited. Uh, like on phase one, I I kind of underestimated. Um, uh, uh, the, the sales so some of the shows we had to actually uh, offer it's like hey if you buy it here we'll not charge you the shipping and we'll mm. ship it to you as soon as we get you know like the box you know back at home because um, I definitely under ordered <laughs> uh, which is a good problem to have very you know? good problem to have yeah 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 um, uh, so uh, but yeah everything's on our website you know or on on the on the socials whether it be Facebook Instagram Twitter those are all just whatever the website is, slash a Skylight Drive. Um, <laughs> and there's definitely more to come. You know, Phase 2 is coming up in about a month or so. Uh, and then, you know, there will be more um, that'll focus on the different regions that we haven't, you know, you know, tapped into yet. So definitely be on the lookout for those. Oh, yeah. I'm glad to hear it. <clears throat> I'm glad uh, to say it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just, yeah, we've had a lot, of, like... Uh, the Hawthorne Heights has done two tours with bands from Chicago and then the tour doesn't come to Chicago. And it's like, it's you one, one band on this tour is from here. They have to come back here. Legally. You might as well just play the show here. Just very strange to me. Uh, and, we, and we're starting we, to believe people just hate it here. So we kind of just did something similar though. Cause, uh, the opening act on phase one in sleep. They're from Dallas. Mm. But we didn't play Dallas. Yep. Oh. But that doesn't mean we're not gonna play Dallas. It just means <laughs> that there's, you know, there's always there's always wheels moving. Yeah. You know. At some yeah, yeah. Like there's there's certain cities that have certain plans. Um, so uh, you know, all that'll get unveiled. Yeah. It's a plan. You just gotta hang out and wait and you'll see that how the plan plays out. You gotta let them cook, as yeah. Brian likes to say. Let them cook. Is obviously we're we're from Chicago, so we don't know how Texas scene is. But like, is it fairly like if you're playing like Dallas, you're probably not playing the other major cities, or is it more like like how does the market work there? Where if you're playing like like an Austin or a Houston, like how does that so tour route and go? So. Uh, the three cities that don't impact each other, which are the three like major ones to play, Dallas, Houston, San Antonio, like it's very common to see all three of those on one tour and back to back in a row. 
the two that don't happen is Austin and San Antonio because they're only like an hour and a half away from each other. Mm. So, uh, and I, I live just outside of Austin. Um, so, um, but yeah, ge- I mean, generally Texas is big enough to where like San Antonio to Dallas is probably like, probably like almost five hours. Uh, like Dallas to, to Houston is probably like three and a half, four hours. And then even Houston to San Antonio is probably around that four hour range. So it's like just far enough to where all of the shows end up doing, you know, pretty well. Okay. We were saying right before we started recording, these states are getting too big nowadays. We got to shrink <laughs> these states down. Cause in, I mean, Chicago is like close to Milwaukee, I guess, but we we still think of it as like another state away, even though it's like an hour and a half, two hour drive. But it's like if somebody's playing Milwaukee, sometimes they won't play Chicago. They'll be like, just drive up to Wisconsin. We're like, no, we're not going to do that. Come come to play down the street from me or I'm not coming to the show. I'm trying yeah. to get better about that. But it's like, how am I going to get to Milwaukee tonight to see to see the gig? Yeah. And you're only get, and you're only getting older. So you're getting less flexible. I'm getting so much less flexible physically and uh, time-wise with, like, I can't I can't spend a day going to Milwaukee for one gig. I, you know, I got I got responsibilities, man, you know? Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> I don't have, I have a dog now. I don't have a family. Yeah, well, or, he has, like, a puppy. So. I have a puppy. Uh, so that's my whole fucking day, every single day. <laughs> I've been there before, too. Training a dog is no joke. It's so worth it, but yeah, damn, it's all my time. But I love him. He's a little bastard, but I love him. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, um, I, I'll, I'll I'll ask one question from the chat that I that I saw uh, because it references what I said before: is the Final Fantasy references, and you talked about writing a little bit uh, that record. So what like like how much Final Fantasy went into Wires or was it just Knights of the Round? Well, it's funny because it wasn't really like intentional as like we're going to do this much. I think it was just it was one of those things where like we were we were watching lots of different movies and a couple of the guys were playing that game. And, you know, if, if we kind of felt like we were in like a lurch or something, maybe to get a little bit of inspiration, we just kind of, you know, read through things and, you know, just kind of, uh, you know, try to find any kind of inspiration. Um, like we had, we had like just seen that movie called Sunshine, like, Mm. well, like right before we started tracking vocals. So like, there's like, there's a lot of like inspiration from lyrics that were pulled like from while, while, while watching that movie as well. Um, but yeah, like really ever since like the, you know, beginning i was i've always kind of more so pulled inspiration from non-music related forms of art i think it works because if you have a bunch of like nerdy kids who are playing video games all day i'm pointing at myself mentally (laughs) and now physically uh it's like oh i heard something that i referenced in that thing i like that that's awesome i love this record now it's just that (laughs) easy for me I, I, i am a sucker for it so it works um well, yeah, I, uh, I appreciate you uh, uh, hanging out through the Wi-Fi issues and all that. Um, we'll, we'll go ahead and we'll wrap the recording here. But thank you uh, to everybody who joined us. And, and, and obviously, if you have not uh, gone to see any of the legs of the tour that are coming to your area, 
Uh, make sure you pick up tickets. Go to the website. Go to the show. Uh, listen to Wires if you haven't, and listen to the new music as well. It's obviously uh, a banger. It has the seal of approval, uh, as as the emo social club does. I guess I don't know. Yeah, if we, uh, we have you know we have a fake seal. We're getting we a seal. With seal is yeah. incoming. We're we're gonna be really fancy with the two. We're gonna get the wax seal, so then it's gonna be like a whole yeah. Process it's gonna be really hard to do digitally, but we'll figure it out. We'll figure out how to do a wax seal digitally. Um, <laughs> but yeah, in the meantime, uh, uh, Jag, this is. It's it's incredible to have you on. So thank you, uh, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you guys so much for having me. This was fun. We hope you enjoyed that chat. And next week we're going to be back with some more React content. Of course, we will not be live this upcoming Thursday. I'm going to be out of town. I don't know. Maybe Brian will surprise you, but who knows? There's a lot of things going on behind the scenes at ESC. But we're really stoked for what we have coming up for you. Until then, I've been Lizzie for Emo Social Club. Brian is probably, I don't know, probably editing the video for this at home right now. Okay, love you. Bye.